Welcome to the Best of No Filter podcast, where we take fan favorite live streams and bring them to you in audio format. No Filter Network is a premium live streaming platform for content creators that allows hosts to monetize their shows by creating an interactive experience with their audiences. In every No Filter stream, viewers have the option to use a live chat or a feature called Knock to join the live stream themselves. What you're listening to is a recording of a live show, including audience members interacting with the hosts in real time. If you want to view full video replays of this episode or watch a live stream where you can be part of the show yourself, then click the link in this episode's description or go to nofilter.net to browse our selection of upcoming live streams. You can also start hosting your own podcast on No Filter Network and easily schedule, market, and sell tickets to your own event. View our website for more details. and welcome to yet another edition of Master Debaters here on the No Filter Network. Tony Bruno, Chris Rowe, and hopefully Rick Buecher will be joining us momentarily as well, although he apparently has a little car problem. So we'll see if that happens or not. But uh, we want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. There are a, uh, here's the thing that sets No Filter apart from the other streaming services. A couple ways that you can uh, get involved in the show. You'll see the chat on the bottom of your screen. If you're kind of the shy person, just want to get your thoughts across on something you hear over the next hour or so, type it in there. We're good. Then you'll see the little knock-knock button there at the bottom. Uh, we can let you then stream face-to-face. You can take a on. You can give us a, a piece of uh, your mind. You can say something in a nice tone. Tony always likes that. Uh, whatever way you want to do it, just roll. It's that simple. And with that being, say, uh, being said, Tony, how are you? Beautiful. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. I'm good, Chris. How are you? You're looking good, Chris. You got the beard going now. Is this your playoff yeah. beard? It's it's all no. It's my uh, hopefully playa beard because my wife has requested that I grow the beard out. Um, I had never had facial hair, Tony, before last year during the quarantine. Yeah, I was always on TV. I always thought I'd be clean shaven. That's how I was known. And then during you know during the time where I wasn't doing anything, she was like, "Why don't you grow out a beard?" And she really liked it. And I lost like 25 pounds. She was like, this is great. It's like I got a new boyfriend living in the house. And then she told me after the NFL draft, she was like, you better grow that thing back. So uh, I grew it back. Here you go. Now, you see, you're one of those guys. You're, you're, you're like, you're like a Dick Clark of, of sports. You know, you always look young. You look the same. I mean, we worked together, what, 20 years ago in L.A. Yeah. I'm a battered, beaten performer. You still look good. Ah. You're still great on TV. Got the good hair going, yeah, and then the beard, kind. the full beard. You know, and you know, you know that, Chris. I mean, you know, I love you, man. I mean, we you know we go way, way back. But speaking of hair, we remember way, way it was back. on, it was on the best damn sports show that I lost my hair, not my facial hair that <laughs> keeps growing, but my, my, uh, my head. I was losing hair, and then we did a bet with Tom Arnold, and the, but Eagles Giants bet on this... on camera on on live TV. Yes. And the cowboy, the the Giants beat the Eagles, and I had to have my head shaved. And you know, you remember who shaved it on the air? Wasn't it? Wasn't it Allie? Um, what was her name? Uh, he was the Doritos girl. She was yes. the Doritos yes. girl. And she was yeah. she was right? she was married to Mario Lopez at the time. Yes. Yes. Remember that? Exactly. Allie Land, the great Allie Landry. Allie Landry. That's exactly who it was. Yeah, and she had the classic commercial where she was catching Doritos in a laundry in a laundry room. Remember, and she's yes. jumping across, and somebody would shoot a Dorito at her, and she'd jump and yep. grab it. And she was not only was she obviously gorgeous and a talent, she was one of the nicest people. Because you know, when we were in California, nice. uh, you know, we we're living in L.A., we we're working in, at Fox, and all the stars are coming in. Snoop would come in. I mean, the people that came on that show, I mean, it was, it was incredible. Unreal. And I remember people knocked the best damn sports show yet because nobody – and then people – it was like Howard Stern. Nobody wanted to go on with him, right? Because, uh, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I'm not comparing it to Howard Stern, but Howard Stern had a lot of reluctance at first for big-time celebrities to come totally. on the show because they were afraid. They didn't know what he was going to say. And the same thing with best damn. Yeah. And then before you know it, everybody wanted to be on that show. No question. It was one of a kind. Maybe we'll do a reunion show here on No Filter. That would be a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready. That'd be a good one. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, your dealer's choice here. Do you want to talk um, 
NBA out of the gate? Do you want to talk NFL quarterbacks? Do you want to talk Phil Mickelson? Maybe we'll just do a little Mickelson at some point. But what do you want to talk about? I'll talk about it. You know me, Chris. Anything goes. It's like chat roulette. Oh, no, that was a that was an awful. That was a wasn't that a uh, line thing? Something roulette. I don't know what that is. I don't do that stuff. But let's uh, anyway, start, no, let's, let's get let's get Mickelson out of the way. Not that we want to get rid of the old guy. But, you know, over the weekend we had NBA. You know, we had baseball. We had right. all everything was going on. You know, and that, but yeah, but to me, the guess. Phil Mickelson, not just that he won, and not that it was must see TV. Whether you like Phil Mickelson or not, and it's pretty hard not to like him. But when he comes out of nowhere, and the thing I love about mm-hmm. sports predictions, I love the people who on Tuesdays or Wednesdays with the next event coming up always talk about who's going to win and odds. I mean, Phil Mickelson was two hundred and fifty to one, and even yep. though he's yep. one of the all-time greats, still playing, he's fifty years old. How many people bet? on Phil Mickelson to win the PGA tournament going in. I read some guy, my nephew told me that uh, some guy bet two grand on him and won 600. So somebody did. Well, that's, you, know, you, got, you have to have a lot of money, but two, two grand for a fat cat's not a lot of money. You know, that's a good bet to throw right. down if you got a lot of cash. Yep. And why not? Yeah, I mean, no, you know, I'm it's all you. about the, it's all about the old guys now, Chris, old guys rule and Mickelson watching him down the stretch. And that's what I was watching. And the one thing that I noticed more than anything else, other than watching, is the fact that there they were in South Carolina, all those people lining both sides of that beautiful yeah, golf course on the water, nobody wearing masks. It was like that was like the coming out party to me of sports in 2021, because we have some limited attendance now. We're seeing more and more people back in the stands. And I remember a year mm-hmm. ago right now when we had virtually nobody. In, I mean, there were nobody in the stands. We had the bubble in the yeah. NBA. We had hockey with the bubble. We had baseball with empty seats and tarps everywhere. And now I think that more than anything else, for the number of people all right on top of each other and then crawling and then walking down this 18th fairway behind in exultation, watching Phil Mickelson make his walk to the 18th, 18th green. To me, that was sports is back. America's back. And you don't hear, I don't think I saw one column from what our buddy Clay uh, Travis would call the Corona Bros, saying that all those people are going to die in two weeks. Because that's what we heard for a couple of years from the people, oh, you can't go out now. If you... Listen, I wear masks. I go out and I'm careful. I, I haven't had COVID. I get tested all the time. Bottom line is, if you do the right thing, you know, there's no need for people to tell other people that they're going to die if they don't have a mask on. If people want well, to listen, die Tony, without I having a mask on, let them do it. Tony, I yeah, well, it's I don't think it's that simple uh, when you're talking about a communicable disease like this. But that's neither here nor there. I I do agree with you that it was nice to see it. It was a little terrifying for Phil Mickelson that he was kind of caught in the middle there. He and Kepka couldn't quite get to the 18th green. That's kind of a different part of the whole equation. But yes, I think I watched a ton of baseball over the weekend, and to see a lot of these stadiums half full at least, there was such mm-hmm. energy in them, and it just it makes it. Even the TV experience, so much better. I will say this about Mickelson. As great a career as he's had, and it really is one of the legendary careers of the last 40 years, I almost believe that it couldn't could have been better if he just had played differently in some – I mean, look at the number of runner-up finishes he's had in the U.S. Open, which he's never won. And it's all because it's why he's so relatable. Like, there were times where he'd pull driver in the U.S. Open. You'd be like, Phil, what the hell are you doing, you moron? And everybody knew that he should club down instead of hit driver. But we're like, that's what I would do on the 16th hole with my boys. That's how I would play. And that's why I think so many people enjoyed watching Phil Mickelson over the years. But he's got six majors. I felt like it could have been double digits with him. Oh, yeah. I I totally agree with you. And remember, he's playing in an era – now, you know, with no Tiger around, there's a lot of great young players. And there's a lot of players mm-hmm. no one's even heard of who are winning every week now. And so, right. yes, you have the five or six big-name guys and the up-and-comers. And some of the up-and-comers, like Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, did you see that that uh, that interview with Bryson? Hilarious. <laughs> with Brad Brooks Kapka and DeChambeau walks by, and it was a pre-recorded interview. With the, you have to see it if you haven't. It's Hilarious. great. It's obvious that Brooks Kepka is not a fan of Bryson DeChambeau. No. And vice versa. But it's good to have those kinds of rivalries. Hell yes, because, it is. 
that, that's what made that's what made it fun. But, but you know, nowadays the, the rivalries are more mean spirited. You know, back in the day, you'd have Chi-Chi Rodriguez, you know, with the with the putter wiping the blood off when he put the dagger in and made a putt. But those guys weren't. Those guys would goof off with one another. Now a lot of these guys are more business-like, and so it's good to see some rivalries and some bullshit back and forth. I don't know whether they hate mm-hmm. each other. It's obvious Kepka doesn't like DeChambeau. Or right. do you think that's an act? No, I think that's real. I think that's legit. Well, that's good, it isn't it? To- Absolutely. Are you kidding me? No, you want that sort of stuff. You want them to be paired together in the final round of the next major. It's Absolutely. that simple. Like I'm exactly. I'm all on board. All on board. All right. Let's move on to the uh to the Aaron Rodgers situation, which kind of took I, I think a little bit more of an interesting twist last night during Kenny Maine's final show on SportsCenter uh, because uh, he was Kenny's first guest. And, you know, Rodgers did not want to make it about him. But I thought that Kenny asked a great question about, you know, why is it that fans always assume that management's right and the players are wrong? And it allowed Rodgers to kind of walk through a door without talking about himself. And he said that, it's not about organizations. It's about people. And it's so funny when you hear that, that most people will still defend corporate America instead of the individual. 99.99% of us are never going to know what it's like to run a corporation or be in an executive chair. We are Aaron Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers, even though they don't have a real owner. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, you and, and I, I don't do you think, think you're making $32 million a year, though, Chris. So we're not Aaron Rodgers. But, but hold on here. I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Does, does that change your opinion based on how much money he makes that he shouldn't be fighting for what he thinks is right? Absolutely not. I don't care if he's making $16 an hour busting his ass or whether he's making $30 million. I don't See, I'm, I'm one of those people. I don't care what somebody gets paid. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We are all obsessed about salaries and what's the cap. I mean, the cap number you worry about when you're the general manager of a team or the owner. Fans get right. wrapped up in that stuff. And a lot of that has to do with fantasy. And You get so much money to play this guy and start that guy. Mm-hmm. So it gets fans involved, and I don't have a problem with that. But, but to me, I don't care what Aaron Rodgers is making. He's a human being. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I lose sleep at night worrying about who Aaron Rodgers is dating or whether or not he doesn't like the GM. I don't care about that stuff, but it is interesting. And that's why I don't really, I don't look at what people make to determine whether or not I like them or whether they're not making, they don't, they're okay. not earning their salaries. I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. Did your, did your mindset, because we, we've discussed Aaron Rodgers over the last several weeks together, has now, based on what you heard last night, has it changed your thought process on how this relationship is going to develop over the next several months? No, because you remember on the last show we did, the, the world famous, and I believe it's up for an award. I don't know what. What do we get? Do we get an Emmy? What would the award be for that show that for we this, did? It would probably be a Webby. It would probably be a Webby. I think we, we're going to win a Webby for that that scheduled release show that we did a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Chris. I don't know about you. I've done a lot of scheduled release shows in the NFL, and you have as well. Yeah. But that one yeah. may be the best scheduled release show ever released. And what did we say on that show when you asked about Aaron Rodgers? I said he will not show up at minicamp. That doesn't make me, you know. Peter Vesey, well, no, he does the NBA. By the way, it's good to see Peter Vesey back on social media, breaking down round ball. One of the all-time greats, one of my favorite guys, too. Another best damn guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I Listen, this is no big surprise. Is he upset? Yes. How do I think this will end? I really think they're going to sit down in a room and get together and be like, Aaron, what is going on? Like, in your perfect world, tell us what it is. Now, it, it doesn't mean that we're going to guarantee it, but just so that we're all on the same page here, because I think people have a hard time communicating and being up front. Like, if they asked Aaron Rodgers, what is it that would make you happiest? And if the answer is, I wish you hadn't drafted you know, Jordan Love, that's not an answer, because that's already done. Right. So, you know, that would be like a petulant child saying something. To me so Aaron Rodgers has got to figure out what it is what the end game is for him because I still believe he wants to play all these people are like well he could be happy just walking away and doing jeopardy no Aaron Rodgers wants to move up a rung or two on the quarterback legacy ladder don't you think absolutely and and when all is said and done and I've been saying this since the first time since we saw the whole thing blow up at the end of the year in the comments 
is that he's going to play for the Green Bay Packers. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to get – there's no way that organization would be that stupid at this point to trade a guy right. who still has a lot left in the tank. You know, and so him not showing up for voluntary minicamp is not a shocker. I mean, Tom Brady didn't show up in Tampa. You think Bruce Arians is going to go crazy? No. These things don't no. mean anything to veteran players. There's a lot of players not showing up because they're called voluntary. And so when it's voluntary, <laughs> especially in this day and age, that means I don't have to be there, right? Isn't that what does voluntary mean to you, Chris Rose? <laughs> yes, I, I, I believe it means that I have the option. So I could either be there if I choose or if I choose not to, it means that nobody will hold it against me. Yeah, that's true. But veteran player, Tom Brady, you think anybody in Tampa is upset that Tom Brady didn't show up for voluntary minicamp? No. You think Packer fans are upset that, you know, that, 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 that Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to minicamp? Hell no. 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 And by the way, all this stuff's going to blow over. I think Rodgers ends up in camp in late July. Yep. Absolutely. We'll see him. All these teams that didn't have all these voluntary camp time together will be just fine. Everything will work out. And the good teams, it's not like all these bad teams that have this togetherness. Like the Jets are all together right now. They're all like, yes, we're all together. Like, you're still going to be the Jets this year. Like, you're making improvements, but you're still going to stink. So <laughs> just because you all showed up for a voluntary mini camp does not mean shit in my book. But whatever. Um Let's move on to the Julio Jones situation. First of all, yes. do you think that Shannon Sharp texted him a heads up or not? Probably. Again, I don't know. I, I can't say factually, but there's no doubt mm -hmm. that these guys have each other's phone numbers, and they know that guys in the media like Shannon Sharp, you know, a popular player, great player. Of course he did. But Julio Jones is saying, I'm out of here. I mean, if, if a player says, I'm out of here, because Aaron Rodgers didn't say, I'm out of here. Aaron Rodgers didn't even nope. hint that he was going to be out of here. Nope. Julio Jones says, I'm out of here. So now we're looking at the odds on where he's going to land. Where is Julio Jones going to play? Well, for, I want to start with, first of all, whether or not he knew. I think not only did he know, my, I think Shannon probably texted him, hey, listen, man, I can grease the wheels to your exit out of Atlanta. Just play along with me, and mm -hmm. we'll get you out. And I'll take the hit. You won't take the hit. I'll take the hit because if Julio, everybody's talking about, well, he didn't know. So now instead of coming out and holding a press conference or going on social media and making it sound like, hey, I want out of Atlanta, here it looks like he was railroaded by some guy who didn't tell him he was live on TV. So my guess is Shannon is taking the hit for him yep. and saying, we'll get you out of town and you won't look like the bad guy because Julio's had a pretty good rep for his decade plus in the league. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And he's never been, nobody's thought of him as, oh, you know, he's a troublemaker. Right. He's got a little spy. Not at all. We've seen that in locker rooms. We'll see one reporter goes in there and they get some dirt and one player likes that reporter. And then the reporter gets dirt on other guys. And that's how crap happens in locker rooms. Yeah. It happened with the Eagles a couple of years ago. You know, this guy says this guy sucks and Carson Wentz this yeah. and that and all that other stuff. But I agree. I think there's no doubt that Shannon Sharp texted him. And there's no doubt yep. that Shannon Sharp, you know, I had a similar thing happen to me, believe it or not, when I was at ESPN. So Kurt Schilling, you know, Kurt Schilling, very controversial figure. Back then he wasn't controversial because nobody gave a shit about politics. They were happy that he pitched with a, with a bloody sock and won a world series. But Kurt Schilling and I were pretty good friends when he was with the Phillies and I was working at ESPN mm -hmm. radio. So I'd put him on all the time. He'd call in. He was really good with the media. He'd call into the local in fact, we had a radio station in Philly where the, where the program director did not want us interviewing athletes. But Kurt Schilling was like gangbusters here. So he would call right. in as a listener to skirt that rule. You'll love this, Chris, as a guy who's done radio. We would have Kurt Schilling call in after he pitched. You couldn't talk to him the day of the game because he was one of those right. guys locked in, don't go near him. But after he pitched, he would call into our morning show in Philly on WIP as Kurt so that the, <laughs> the program director – We'd say, hey, you know, Kurt called. We didn't have him lined up. He wasn't scheduled as a guest because he's a guy who didn't want any guests. He just wanted people calling phone calls, saying, all saying the same shit rather than hearing from the athletes. But anyway, I digress. So Kurt Schilling once, when he was pitching for the Phillies, calls me at ESPN and he says, hey, you got to say something on ESPN. Make, 
I never told the story, so this is an exclusive, Chris, right here on No Filter. Oh, okay, good. This is why this write is this no down. Filter. Let's go. Write it down. Kurt Schilling called me once and said, hey, here's what I need you to do. We're at the All-Star Game. That's where it was. We were at the All-Star Game in Houston, and, he, and we were together, and then he calls me later on my cell phone. He says, hey, I want you to start a rumor that the Houston, the Houston Astros are interested in me. I want, to, I want to play for the Houston Astros. So I started that rumor. So that's what happens when you have friends in the media. And I guess he figures I'm on ESPN radio. I'm on like 500 stations. It would be a good way to like, to like get the little word out. And so that's what happens when you know somebody in the media. And that's what happens nowadays, especially when you have former players on the air who have everybody's cell phone number and they can call yep. them during a segment and tell them something. I'm not surprised at all. Interesting. The exclusive, the Tony Bruno exclusive. You're not getting this anywhere Kurt else. I, I believe that's why Kurt Schilling, when he gets into the Hall of Fame, will have me be the guy that introduces him at Canton, Ohio. And I'll get booed and he'll get booed because people now Cooper's hate Kurt yeah. Schilling because he's a because he's right wing or something. All right. Well, don't worry. I can't wait for that announcement. That's going to be a, a wonderful speech and one to record forever. Maybe not. Um, so let's get back to Julio Jones here. Let's get back what, to Julio Jones. What one team in the NFL should be calling Terry Fontenot, the new GM in Atlanta, and saying, I have got to get my hands on Julio Jones? Uh, Bill Belichick. Let's start it off with <laughs> Bill Belichick wants Julio Jones to be another weapon because Tom Brady can never have enough weapons. What wouldn't mm-hmm. Julio Jones, who, you know, obviously lost that 28 to 3 Super Bowl, has got that bad sensation in his mouth? You know, are they close to winning another one? Does Matt Ryan still have a couple of years left in him where they could put that thing together? I don't know. But he knows he's got yeah. the bad taste in his mouth. And now if they're trying to get rid of him, there'll be many suitors. I wouldn't be shocked if the New England Patriots, as per usual, are right up there. Why wouldn't he want to play with Tom Brady? Uh, not the Patriots. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or for the New England no, Patriots. Forget that. Brady Stop. obviously is in Tampa. Stop that right now. Stop. What? They're not – they want to get him out of the NFC. They definitely want to get him out of the NFC South. They do not want to have to deal with that monster twice a year on the defending Super Bowl champions. So you could forget it. That's not happening. Let's move on. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, come on. You asked me my opinion. You want, want my opinion or you want me to just make shit up here, Chris? No, no. I didn't, make, opinion, up Chris, I didn't make up to... the Kurt Schilling story. That was real. That really happened. <laughs> I would say if I were the Indianapolis Colts, I would call Atlanta and I would say, hey, listen, we are exactly what you're looking for. We've got, although they might lose their first round pick next year, depending on the whole Carson Wentz trade, they still have some young talent. Uh, They've got salary cap space this year. I know they have to start paying guys like Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson, but, you know, Julio's cap number comes down after this year. The Colts are really good. They're really talented. They just yeah. haven't taken that next step, whether it was under Andrew Luck, where they made the AFC Championship game one year, or now under Carson Wentz in his, hopefully, the, you know, he's trying to rebuild his stock here. They just need to make a move, a major move, and not just build nicely through the draft. Like, bring in a dude where you're going to be like, oh, my God, they mean business. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I think that's a great spot for him as well. First of all, wherever he goes, nobody's going to say, wow, that was a bad decision. I mean, look, look, yeah. look, at the, look at Carson Wentz. Look at the receivers he's had over the years in Philly. You know, he had, a couple, he, had, he had a couple of good receivers for a couple of years. But for the most part, he wasn't throwing to guys. Guys were dropping balls. You know, Aguilar right. couldn't catch the ball. He had so many different guys that they kept bringing in. Now, he had what's-his-face from Chicago that came in and had a couple of good years, years, but then he got banged up. Who am I thinking of? The dude uh, all Sean Jeffrey. Yeah, all Sean Jeffrey, good player, obviously played well in the postseason when they won the Super Bowl. But Carson Wentz right. has not had that guy, that Julio Jones-type receiver. Well, he's going to get the he ball. Is. You throw it up there, he's yeah. going to get it, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent, man. I, I think it makes sense. I think it'd be really, really good. Uh, last football bit before we move on to the NBA. Uh, Deshaun Watson has reportedly still made it firm because he didn't show up to minicamp, which again was voluntary, that he will never play for the Houston Texans again. And we know that obviously he has got an issue that's going on, a legal issue. 
which is still being investigated by the NFL and the Houston Police Department and everything else. Um, do you think he'll ever put on a Texans helmet again? I don't know. Well, I know the, the legal part of this apparently has been pushed forward to 2022. So that whole cloud of all these women in the massage pile, that stuff has been put to rest for now until they you know, figure out what they're going to do with them. He doesn't want to be there, obviously. Right. And I'm sure, it, based on what I've read, it seems like he thinks that the organization is behind this. But why would the organization, which has made dumb move after dumb move and basically gutted a franchise that was close to being Super Bowl, why would they then basically just throw in the towel? You know, the Houston Rockets did it. But so now the Houston Texans, Texans are going to throw in the towel and give up all of this stuff that they had a couple of years ago. And obviously their coach was the wrong decision maker a couple of years ago. And they look at the talent right. that they shed from that team for no reason. It wasn't like they had cap issues, Chris. They were just getting rid of guys and people were scratching their heads. They, they got rid of the best receiver in sense. football. Yeah, it didn't. It made zero sense. Zero, zero cents. Um, I personally don't think that he'll play for them again. I just think that they'll go with with Tyrod Taylor um, and Davis Mills, is the, kind of the surprise third-round pick out of Stanford. You know, only 11 college starts, but a really talented guy. So, I mean, I think your Eagles are in, in play there. Um I still think the Broncos are in play. They've got a lot of young talent on the offensive side of the football. And I still believe that Miami's in play. I really do. Now, the Dolphins might think that now, we don't want any part of this until the whole legal issue is cleared up. But I'm just, I don't know, man. I I don't see him playing in Houston again. I, I don't either. I, it wouldn't shock me. But, you know, we know. We always sit here and say, well, there's no way he's going back. People were saying that about Aaron right. Rodgers on draft night. Oh, they're going to trade him tonight. Where do you see what they do? And this is what, this is what keeps us working, Chris. This is what keeps me working. Yep. I could be upstairs totally. painting a bedroom right now, but the, the, the worrying about these types of things. Are <laughs> painting By a bedroom? Way, said, is Cooper, that what you just I said? I said Canton. I now see I'm getting ripped in the chat. I'm glad people catch mistakes. So we all make mistakes. And I said, well, yep. I'll be there when Jilling gets inducted in Canton. And obviously it's Cooperstown. And so I didn't even realize you I could said, be in Canton for the weekend. Was that? You could be in Canton for the weekend. It's just everybody else will be celebrating Cooperstown. I'll give you okay, some. Well, nice, it's not that far, know. actually. Have you been? You've been to Canton and Cooperstown, right? I was just in Canton last month. Yes. Well, yeah. you're an Ohio guy. That's why. Well, yes, I was there for the draft, and I had to host a uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame show. So, yes, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Where were we, Tony? We were talking about uh, Julio Jones, and now we're talking about uh, Rusty. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. And now Deshaun Watson, whether he'll play again uh, right. and uh, or with the Houston Texans. And yes. <laughs> hey, quick reminder, we appreciate all the uh, scuttlebutt that's going on in the chat. We do. We've got really good chat. So, uh, once again, if you want to join us via a live stream, hit the knock-knock button. We'll let you in. You can start yelling at Tony. Tell him to figure out the difference between Cooperstown and Canton. Uh, you know, you could yell at me for being too serious tonight. It's not I'm too Somebody serious. Somebody did already. Somebody said, like a buddy John from Mayfair said. I know. Where is it? There? Chris Chris Rose. I got to I got to scroll back. All business. Serious dude. I know. All business. Well, the only reason I'm all business, I'm exhausted. I had a rough night's sleep. It has nothing to do with you guys out there. I'm trying my best. Um, NBA. Does this mean that you are – are you now saying that you may not show up for the next master debaters depending on your mood, depending on the chat no. room's demeanor tonight? I will – hey, no, no, no. <laughs> I am not – no, I'm always here. I might not play my best, but damn it, Tony, I am always going to be here, okay? I don't put some <laughs> fake injury out there. Not at all, though my back is hurting a little. You're not going to take um, a dive like NBA. LeBron does, right? You're not – like later on in the show. Now, because Rick Buecher was supposed to be on with us tonight, and he said he wouldn't be able to do the whole show because his son was having True. a basketball game, so he's probably going to miss the last 15 minutes. And then right before the show, he yep. said he had his car was being serviced, and he was on he was being delayed. So we're going yep. – you know, we're, we're sucking it up tonight. We are sucking oh, it up totally. and showing people totally. – well, let's, let's go on, Chris. Let's, let's go on to Buecher's sport. 
the NBA because it is there was great basketball over the weekend. Wouldn't you admit that it was a ton of fun? These games were close. You know, for Absolutely. game ones, it was it, the energy was great. I thought it was really, really good. So, and the then Monday night came really, and there were two blowouts. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just wasn't good. So, you know, the Lakers trying to avoid the O2 deficit against the Suns. Last year they lost game one as well. Their opener. People aren't panicking. Anthony Davis either looked disinterested or just wasn't good or whatever. Do you have any concerns of the Lakers moving forward? Well, I'm hoping that the Lakers, because they're my Phoenix Suns. I have adopted the Phoenix Suns as my Western Conference team. Oh, I love the I Phoenix Suns. I, I think they're one of the most underrated. Under, you know, if you're an NBA fan, you know how good they are. But I think when you look yeah. around the league, I mean, you, did anybody think Utah would be the number one? See, to me, I like Utah. Oh, they're, they're a great tar- team. They're terrible, though. But how do they? How are they the number one seed in the Western Conference, Chris? Because they play good regular season basketball when when not everybody's playing during the year. Guy, you know the problem is you don't know when guys are taking certain nights off to rest up or just rest their body, all that sort of stuff. So uh, th- this regular season, it doesn't tell me anything about what I should know for the playoffs. It just doesn't. No, I agree. Look at the Brooklyn Nets now. That they're playing the Celtics tonight. And Brooklyn, you right. know, they, they looked good one night. They were mailing it in a lot, like a lot of teams were down the stretch once they got clinched. You know, so they could blow yep. somebody out by 30 or they could play an ugly game. You know, the Sixers, they're the only one seed that actually looked pretty good. And even though they looked pretty good, yep. they, they were still having a tough time against Washington. And Ben right. Simmons, I mean, we know Ben Simmons can't shoot. Ben Simmons can't even make a free throw, for God's sake. And, and and if if, well, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Joel Embiid and uh, and and Tobias Harris dropping thirty seven, they would have right. lost that game against the Washington Wizards. Yep. And Russell Westbrook yep. didn't have a good game. So to me, you're, the, the the Sixers at home got what they needed to do, win a game. But they didn't play well, and this and the Lakers conversely on the road didn't play well, and they lost. So now they're still in Phoenix tonight, and Phoenix is still favored, believe it or not. But, uh, no, Phoenix is an underdog. They're two-point underdogs at home. And I think everybody's going to bet on the Lakers tonight as, as a two-point favorite because they need to go in there, play well. LeBron's got to stop flopping. And Anthony Davis has got to play better. And if the Lakers don't win tonight, then you have to start seriously questioning whether or not this team is an NBA championship team. All right, we have our first streamer of the night. Uh, is, is your – Full name, really? Play action, real? <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, Chris, I've been on before. Yeah, that's not my real name, but you know, you, you uh, Tony knows me. I'm Jeff. I'm in Arizona, and um, you guys are talking about the Texans, and I'm a transplant from from Houston, mm-hmm. and I hate to admit I am a Texans fan, and you guys already know this, but uh, Tony hit on it. He he said Bill O'Brien, uh, but it really goes back to 2017 when the owner. God rest his soul, said, you can't let the inmates run the asylum. And, of course, everybody, oh, no, he's racist. Dwayne Brown's out of there. Clowney's out of there. It just started to snowball, and then you got Bill O'Brien and the, the whole Hopkins thing. So, <clears throat> hey, we're not, we're not. The DeAndre Hopkins trade may have been the dumbest move I've ever seen a team make in the yep. regular season. Chris, can you think of a worse trade at the worst time when you weren't expecting it? They decide to trade a guy who is the face of their friend. I mean, the, the quarterback and he, but yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, to me, at that particular time, was the best re- and may still be the best receiver in football. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I will say this. It was not smart of the owner to say what he said. Of I'm course. sorry. No. You just get, no. It, it was not smart, and people could say whatever they want. Either they, you shouldn't be offended by that, or you should be. Don't say it. Don't say yeah. it because. And I told you that this earlier when we were talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. People just want to be treated with respect, and we get it. You are a billionaire. You could buy all of us a gazillion times over, but that doesn't make you a better human being than me just because you're richer. You know. In yeah. fact, I know a lot of assholes that are billionaires. And bad human beings. <laughs> so if he didn't need to say it that way, and he doesn't need to like you want the best teams in sports. It doesn't mean you have to have your quarterback be your GM. That's not it. 
But if you want him to – quarterback is the most important position in sports. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Okay. So why wouldn't you occasionally just say, hey, listen, here's what we're thinking. I just want you yeah. to know. You're not going to agree with everything we do, but I need you to know and understand where we're coming from. How hard is that? My companies do it all the time. You're right, Chris. They say, hey, we're going to do this to let just to let you know. It's courtesy. Right. You know. It is courtesy. It is courtesy. Yeah. But that that's the problem is that not enough of these places now. I don't know. But, yeah, if I were – so what do you think? Do you think that Deshaun Watson's ever going to put on a Texans uniform or no? No. No, he doesn't – you know, it's a little bit of the player empowerment bleeding over from the NBA, but I don't see it. He doesn't – if he doesn't want to be there, he's not going to be happy. Just cut ties and move on. I mean, we got to just look forward and lose all our games. It's okay. By the way, uh, people are wondering, why not – Real play action. You know, because they do that now with soccer teams. Real Madrid, Real Salt Lake City. Is it Real play action or play action? Where does play action? Yeah. He's been on my gun. I've known this guy for a couple of years. He's been a regular on the Tony Bruno show, whether it was on Sirius or Twitch. But it's play action real, but we never we never really learn the the genesis of play action. You know, it goes, it, you've asked me this before, it comes from some old fantasy football name, you know what I mean? It's either going to be down in distance or play action real, and I like play action real. So, you know, like you said, Tony, I keeps it real. <laughs> I, think, I think Chris Rose had one of the contestants on BattleBots was play action real at one point. Oh, really? Could have been. No. Well, no. Oh, man, I got to trademark it. We were talking about that before, before we started tonight. Chris does a great job. BattleBots, love that show. And there's another another season yes, maybe someone. coming, Chris. We're keeping our fingers crossed, Tony Bruno. You will, you know what? I will give you the scoop, and you can break it on no filter if we get there. Oh, wow! Hey, they're always in my DVD or DVR. There, Chris. I watch those. I love. Them. They're yeah. fun. It's fun. It's like that's one filmed of the in Chris's basement. You know, that, that, that dome, that basketball <laughs> basement. Hey, what? Bro, let me tell you something about that thing. That thing is one and a quarter inches thick of bulletproof glass. Because Kenny Florian, who's my uh, who's my BattleBots analyst, former UFC fighter, he and I are, yep. are box side for these things. And those blades are spinning at 250 miles an hour. When you go to the bank, as if anybody just doesn't do mobile deposit these days, but if you ever go to the bank, the glass in front of the teller is a quarter inch thick and that's bulletproof glass. Ours is one and a quarter inches thick and it wow. still gets all chipped up by these blades that are spinning. It's crazy. It, I, Oh yeah. I always make sure my life insurance policy is um, paid up before we pay for another season, <laughs> just in case. And that's one of those. You didn't do that remotely either. Did you Chris? Because I know a lot of people are doing play by play no. remotely. Uh, no, 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 we were, we were, Tony, we were the, one of the first major productions back last year in Los Angeles. We were, and it was amazing. 600 people, cast and crew, we had to get tested every day. Every day. That was not a cheap expense. It was very expensive for the company. So wow. I was very thankful that, that we were able to do it and pull it off. And we didn't have one positive test out of everybody, which is oh, that's remarkable, great. to be honest. That's because you kept yeah. LeBron yeah, out of there. Really LeBron good. had shown up on Battle oh. Lots. Everybody would have gotten a <laughs> Could you imagine if the robots, if the robots acted yeah. the way that LeBron does when he gets hit going down the lane? Could you imagine one of the uh, robots doing that? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it would be brutal, you know. But no, no, no. We we toughen up our robots, guys. We toughen up our robots. You know, Tony, you got uh, the Kevlar on your new uh, – I'm just going to say, you got the new fifth wheel and all that. How's that working out for you? I got, all Kev I got everything. I wear a when I go running in Philly, I have to wear a Kevlar vest now. Because, you know, you, <laughs> you don't know what's going on out there. <laughs> the great play action. Uh, in the Phoenix Suns, do they beat the Lakers tonight? Oh, I got them. I got the Suns. And I, I don't know if you knew this, but – Sports gambling is, is happening now here in Arizona. I don't think it – not everywhere as far – you can go to the casino, but pretty soon DraftKings is going to be on my phone. And I'll be really – I'll be listening to you guys, uh, any kind of tips. But if I were to bet, they just don't lose at home, those sons. They just – they're hot on the, they're hot at home. They're going to do it. Man. There you have it. What about you guys? Getting that kind of prognostication anywhere else. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think it happens tonight for the Suns. I will be rooting for them, but I just don't think I, I think the Lakers laid an egg the other night. And, you know, I think I've read something like 70 percent of the threes that the Lakers took were wide open and or considered open shots, whatever that definition is in NBA circles. If they get that many good looks again, they're not going to miss the percentage they did from the other night. Now, like I said, well, I put out a phone call to all the tequila bars. They're they're all going to be closed. LeBron can't get into them, so there's no excuses. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be fun though. I think it'll be a good fun series. I think the Suns will take a major step forward this year. They already have with that many good young players, and obviously with that, with what Chris Paul got. So. All right. Uh, anything else Thanks, before man. we uh, send you back into the sea? Just love you guys. And, guys, uh, I'll be tuning in. Appreciate you. What's the temperature now in the it. desert? What's the temperature in Arizona right now? Oh, it's uh, – last I looked, 100. That's beautiful. Oh, it's just oh, right. We haven't hit right. – yeah, we haven't hit the 110s yet, so we love it. <laughs> Unreal. All right, man. Unreal. Thanks a lot for checking in. Later, guys. All right. Chris, you're having yeah, a drought Bruno, out there, we're going right? to, dry in California, right? Aren't you guys having uh, drought situation now? We always we're in a we're, we've been in a drought for 57 years. Um, I, we actually I have a baseball tournament my son is playing in in Arizona at the end of June. That's going to be fun. Whew. Oh yeah, holy! Smoke. It's dry though. They have the misters out there though. The misters. Yeah, the Mister Misters. Yes. All right, let's move on to LA's other team quickly. The L.A. Clippers, they're down one nothing. They will look to even the series tonight against the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Ball. Because of their horrible playoff history, do you think that the Clippers are in serious trouble? I mean, deep shit. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. We say can it. say deep shit on this show. This isn't even in best damn we did it, and they just bleeped it out. Come on, Chris. You're right. You're right. What do you think? Are they in deep shit? Yes, I think that I think I think the Clippers are overrated. I mean, I think that they're good. I mean, listen, they've got great players. All these, you, you're a great player if you're in the NBA. You know, there's you know there's some mm -hmm. stiffs on rosters here and there, but they're not the top starting five. You know, the, the play-in games are over now. The, the best teams are playing. But to me, I think the Clippers. I know they wanted to be the dominant team in LA. And they've had and when I was there for 11 years, you know, they they would go back and forth. You know, the Lakers had that run with Shaq and Colby, and then the, the Clippers had one or two good years, and the Clipper fans went crazy. And now the Clippers, you know, they get they get Kawhi, and to to you, I don't know, you live in L.A. Is Kawhi mm -hmm. like the people in L.A. think that he's the real deal and he's going to bring the Clippers a championship finally? Well, he's the real deal, but foremost, is he going to be enough for them to win? I think you have to remember, this is obviously a Lakers town first and foremost. And so yep. there's a certain percentage that feels like he took the easy way out, that he didn't want to be LeBron's sidekick, that he wanted to just go live in Clipper oblivion. And if you win, great. And if you don't, well, you're the Clippers. And so that was fine. Um, I think there's actually more questions about Paul George than there are, you know, Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi's already done it. He's already led a team to the NBA championship. Paul George is a guy that grew up out here in uh, in California, went to the Clippers, and there's been times where he's played well in the playoffs. But there, you know, for a guy who is that good, I can't remember one huge shot he hit. Like he needs a moment, Tony. Uh, no, I agree with I agree with you, Chris. You know what else I agree with? We are spending way too much time breaking down the NBA playoffs. What the hell is this, NBA TV? What is this, TNT? And I love TNT, by well, the way. To me, TNT does it the best. You know you know our favorite play-by. I don't know if he's your favorite play-by. But Kevin Harlan, to me, right now in the NBA. Yeah, he's great. He's great at football. He's great at everything. He's just a great, not only a great guy, but Kevin Harlan. You know what he does great, Chris? When he, when he needs to be down here, he's down here. And then when it gets right. bad and he comes up. There's a lot of guys that scream the whole game. There's a lot of guys that have no emotion. But Kevin Harlan, on whether it's the NBA or the NFL, he's just phenomenal. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, okay, so if we're done talking about the NBA, I'll give you a choice here. Would you like to get on the Tony La Russa story 
from last week, if you followed that. Yeah. Nah. No, you're not. You know, it's amazing. People are down. And, and I've known Tony LaRusso a long time. And I know they're down on him in Chicago because he doesn't appear to know the rules. And they're the ones that called him. I don't think he went knocking on doors looking for a job. And by the way, the White Sox yeah. are playing pretty well. When you look at their record, the White Sox yeah, are having they, a good year. Yeah, because they've got a lot of talent. They've of course got, they, they do, got a lot but they also need a manager. So why would they call Tony? And again, I'm not a Tony LaRusso apologist. Uh, but to me, because he's not doing things the way the fans want him to do it, or some of the players don't like his style, they're winning games. They're winning games, and they got good talent. Yeah, the only problem – well, not the only problem, because I'm not a huge fan of his. But the, the biggest issue is the fact he didn't get his players back when he had a ball thrown at him. That will – that will kill a locker room. You know that. That if head coaches are protecting the other team more than their own you. team, that can wear you thin. I, I, I just don't know. I hate that unwritten rule of baseball because I've gotten in trouble oh, for saying when, when, you don't you don't hate when a when a player has to throw at a guy after a guy gets thrown at. I mean, isn't it so, not? Isn't it, this is one of the dumbest things? This is why baseball to me is still stupid, and I love the sport. And I've loved it my entire life since I was a little kid listening to the 64 Phillies choke away a pennant on the radio live is the retaliation stuff. Yeah, and then the umpires yeah. don't know whether the guy threw at somebody or not. And then the other guy doesn't know if this guy threw and then the next guy's got to come out and get plunked. What kind of stupid bullshit is this in this day and age, Chris? You know, we want to try to modernize yeah. the game. Hockey's made changes. It used to be goonery. Hockey has taken out some that the baseball retaliation rule to me. I think if a guy intentionally throws at a guy and you know when it's intentional, he, there's no warnings. There's no going to both. Dug, throw the son of a bitch the fuck out of the game. That's wow. how you stop. Bruno. The guy throws at somebody intentionally, he's gone. You don't go to both sides and you have mask, take the mask off and go to the, the, the monitor and shit. Throw the son of a bitch out of the game. And if the next guy comes in and throws at the other guy, he goes. And then this shit stops. It's that simple, Chris. Jesus Christ. I'm with you. I love listening to I've got a fired up Bruno. There's nothing like that to really get you. That's Bruno's cardio for the day, everybody, right there. <laughs> Rising up in his chair. That was it. Um, okay, Bruno, I'm going to do a little uh, Philly sports history with you. All right. Um, what made you more proud? The Sixers in 83, the Phillies in 1980 or the Eagles when they won Super Bowl 52? Well, I mean, as a long-suffering fan, the Eagles finally winning a Super Bowl to me was the ultimate because I was lucky enough in the 70s to be following the Flyers. I was a local reporter here, so I got to cover the Flyers from 1968 when they came into the league, and I wasn't even working then. Uh, And then I started covering the team in 71, so I followed that team to the Stanley Cups, and they almost won three in a row. They were going for three straight. When the Flyers won that Stanley Cup in 73, actually 74 in the spring, the city was, I mean, and you're talking about a young sport in this town. There were some minor leagues right. and they had a couple other teams. This city went crazy. The Flyers parade in 1974 was bigger than the Sixers parade. Well, the Sixers parade was pretty big. Really? But bigger than, than, the, than, the, uh, than the Phillies parade. I'm telling you, the Flyers parade, the entire city was, was overrun. It was that because there hadn't been a championship. The 67 Sixers were a great team, too. And, but, but the Sixers, you know, back then the NBA wasn't even live. They would show games at night on tape delay. Right. So when the Sixers right. won that championship with that, to me, I still think the greatest NBA team in history, when you look at the Hall of Famers and the sixth and seventh players, because, you know, there, there, were, there weren't that many teams. Anyway, I digress. Flyers in 74, 75. Then, of course, the Phillies mm-hmm. finally winning it in 1980. Then, of course, the 76er team in 83, another great team. When you look at that roster and you look at Billy Cunningham, so that was a huge celebration in this town. And then, of course, the Eagles, the ultimate championship. You know, nobody thought they were going to win that year, and they win it. But only one, Tony, can be the best. So which one is the best? I got to say Eagles, because that one, as a suffering, long-suffering, not just as a fan, I grew up here. So I was an Eagles fan my whole life. I'm not one of these front runners. You know, guys like some guys that I know in L.A., they move to L.A. and they automatically be. I'm not talking about you, Chris, because you're a diehard, no. long-suffering Cleveland fan. And that's Absolutely. the one difference between Cleveland fans who move to L.A. and stay Cleveland fans or New York fans who move to L.A. and become L.A. fans. 
or Philly people yep. who moved to L.A. That never happened to me. When I moved to L.A., I never I, – I respected the local teams, the Lakers and the Clippers and the Kings, and I'd go to Kings games, but I was never rooting for the L.A. teams because that's not that's, – no. that's, that's in my blood. That's a real thing. When you come out of the womb in Philadelphia, you yep. root for the Philly teams. You don't root for the Dallas Cowboys. You don't root for the stinking Boston Celtics. Isn't that no. the way it is in Cleveland? Hell yes. Not only is that the way it is in Cleveland, my my wife's from L.A., my two sons are born and raised in L.A., and everybody's a huge Cleveland sports fan. They don't yeah. want – they've never wanted anything to do with the Lakers, the Dodgers. The, I, I'd give them the Kings because we never had a hockey team, so if they wanted to root for the hockey team, cool. Well, I, you, I, had the the way, was, you had the Cleveland they, Barons they, with the great Beth Whittle in it. They left in 76. I was five years old when they left, so I couldn't, I couldn't exactly claim them. Um, but man, yeah, I mean, but that's the best, like, one of the coolest things of the Cavs winning in 2016 was the fact that I looked at my sons, who were 16, almost 16, and 11 at the time, almost 11, and I looked at them and I said, holy shit, they don't have to wait for decades to see what this feeling's about. Like, they'll yeah. always have, there's always at least one. Like, you, you've always got at least one. My oldest brother, who was born in 1957, was seven years old when the Browns won the their last NFL championship, 27-0 over the Baltimore Colts, and he was at the game. He's in his mid-60s now. And he's got one. We don't have, I, I they haven't even been to a Super Bowl. I'm 50. That's amazing, Tony. You At know, least listen, the Eagles I'm, have been to three. Yeah, but I was, I mean, I've been to all three Eagles Super Bowls, but the one that they won, because I was in there, I was in Jacksonville, I was in I was in uh, New Orleans, actually, with Dick Vermeer in that team in 1981. I was there with that yep. club where they were favored, and the, light the, and the wind came out of those sails very early when Kenny yep. King took one the other way. Kenny King. Yeah. Yep. Kenny King with your race. The race. And, you know, and the Eagles were favored, and the great stories, the Raiders were all on Bourbon Street, and Dick Vermeil had all of his players sequestered in a hotel room, didn't want them to go out and have a good time, and, and they played type, but that was fun. I mean, it was, and I've been to 30-something Super Bowls, so it's always fun going, but when your team's there, and, and I'll tell you, Chris, when I was in, when I was in Minnesota, because I didn't, I didn't get tickets to the game, and I didn't want to sit in, a, in the bowels of the stadium watching it on a big screen, and we hosted a party at a local right. bar right down the street from the stadium, and it was all Eagle fans in there. We gave away, it was no charge to come in. It was just get in and watch the game. Local TV stations were there. When the Eagles won, I sat there in stunned disbelief and tears were streaming down my eyes. Not because I'm a sappy, a sappy guy. Now I'm six, right. I was 67 years old. And that was the first time I saw the Philadelphia Eagles win a championship. Now I was alive for the 60 championship, just like your brother was in 1960 when the Eagles won in the old NFL. But Cowboy fans and modern day fans don't count those. They only count Super Bowls. But the Cleveland Browns right. count their championships, right? The at Chicago Bears, the Green Bay all, Packers, the Dallas Cowboys. Can count. Exactly. It doesn't take very long to count to zero as far as Super Bowl appearances. Exactly. Now, the Penguin AZ, who's on there, another Arizona guy, friend of the show, says, I have not seen Bruno's hands move so much while he talks. What are you talking about? I'm Italian. That's the only way I talk. That's all. If my hands aren't that's moving, then they're, I'm either handcuffed behind my back or I'm playing which, with myself. That's other than that, that's my hands have right. to move. If my hands, you know what, bro, you had to go move, there. I'm not talking. Yeah, I was fine with the. I was either. I either had my hands behind my back. Story. I would rather have much, much rather have happened to hear about you getting pushed into a cop car than the other part of that story. Thank you. No, no, there's the two Thank things you can do. I mean, a lot of times you don't know where you're. When you watch people on TV, you don't know what they're doing with their hands, do you? Do you ever wonder what's going I'm on gonna, under the desk? I'm just I'm just gonna be right here, just for the rest of the show. That's it. Just this is, this is me. I'm all good. I'm all good. All right, Bruno. Anything else before we wrap up this show tonight? What uh, else, you what got? else did we miss? I don't think we missed anything, did we? We pretty much covered it all, no, we, Chris. We, we covered the golf. We covered the NBA. We covered the NFL quarterback situations. We talked a little bit about Tony Larusa, and we talked about how about how about the how about the St. Louis Blues, Chris? They'll play Gloria two years ago. They get eliminated in four straight games. And then how about the other big story? The Edmonton Oilers with a great young phenom 
they get swept out of the playoffs. So hockey playoffs have been great. You know, you got your our, our buddy Bill Gladney down there in North Carolina on the uh, on the stream tonight. How about that Carolina Hurricane team? There's some great. You know, I know you're not a hockey guy, Chris. I'm, and I don't understand. I've, unfortunately, it. I I used to love it. I used to love it today. And yes, Gretzky, I did see that, Ed. Thank you. Gretzky resigned his role. That's because he's reportedly becoming the lead studio analyst. It sounds yes. like for tbs with their new nhl package so that's going to be very exactly interesting you know gretzky's listen gretzky's a great dude and the greatest player by far in nhl history but it'll be interesting to see how he does on television because it hasn't you know he's kind of a mellow dude you know yeah. and there are there are guys in hockey that have been great on tv but it's because they bring so much energy to it so we'll see if what gretzky does well, you've seen, you've been around Gretzky, and I've seen Wayne many times in public settings. And, you know, I, I think now that he's retired, well, he's, you know, he's up in Edmonton with those guys, and he sees, you know, he sees what happens, and they probably said, hey, hey, Wayne, let's do some TV. And a lot of times, you know this, you know, when Emmett Smith was playing great for the Cowboys, he went to oh, Arizona, yeah. what did he do? They hired him on TV to be an analyst, and he was terrible. Right. Just because you were terrible. the greatest running back, and, you know, in the, at that time, the the, the leading rusher in NFL history doesn't mean you're going to be a good analyst. So a lot of the times they take guys, but Gretzky's done some TV. He's done radio. I've talked to him a lot of times and interviewed him. He's been great. He's been great. So now the question is, will he be good on TV? I, I don't, I don't think, right. I think he will, Chris. I think Gretzky's going to surprise people. I think he's going to open up. Now he's more relaxed. He doesn't have to worry about Dustin Johnson. You know, his daughter's okay. She's, <laughs> he's taken care of for life. She doesn't have to worry yeah. about dad's money or, or his background. So, I think I think he'll be fine. Yeah, listen, I'm rooting for him. I hope I'm wrong about you know him being a little, I, I don't know, just not impactful enough. We'll see. I, I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. So by the way, Paulina. Gretzky, All right, Tony Bruno. Well, one last what? thing. I got to get you a little Paulina because I like to do these anecdotes, Chris. You know how we like anecdotes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Give it to me. So I remember the All Star game down in Anaheim. What year was that? It was between 2000 and 2011. Was it 2006? Wait, 2000? Uh, which sport are you talking about? Baseball. Oh, the baseball okay. That was our uh, game in Anaheim at the Big that A. Was 2010, I believe. Was Maybe it 2010? 2010? Whatever Nine year Brian McCann won the MVP. It was either 09, 10, or 11. So we're down. So anyway, Miss Robin and I and Tim Cates and the whole gang over there from LA, Fox Sports Radio, yep. AM 570. We're down there doing our, our pregame show down at the bar right there. I don't know what it's called. I forget the name of the joint. So Wayne Gretzky comes in with his daughter and his whole family. And Gretzky comes over and says hi to me. And he invites, this is before the show started, he invites me to come over and Robin and sit down at the table. Wayne Gretzky, Paulina, and another member of the family. You want to talk about cool. That's some good shit right there, Chris. When you can sit down hey, hey, you, and Wayne Gretzky you had says. Me at, at Paulina you had Gretzky? Me at, yeah. I mean. Come on. That's that's a hat trick right there and then some. That is impressive. Sorry, D Dustin Johnson, if you're listening, my bad. My yeah, bad. come on, Chris. What if your wife's listening right now? She may say, you know what? She'd probably yeah, I agree. Did, I, did like the, I did like the beard, but that kind of bullshit that you pulled tonight, ogling yeah. over Paulina Gretzky, a, man, a woman Not married ogling. to the great Dustin Johnson. Appreciative. Hey, listen, if people think my wife is a smoke show, and I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't know what she's doing with me, but you know, I would be like, yeah, I get it, and I can't believe she's here. What do you think? This is the first time that Dustin Johnson's heard that about his wife? Of course Stop. not. Stop. All right, Bruno. Listen, I want to thank everybody for hanging out in the chat tonight and for joining us on the live stream. It is always a fun-filled hour whenever I'm with the one and only Tony. Bruno. And I want and I want people to know that you, Chris, you know, you're one of the master debater. You're like the the primo host here. And we've other other hosts, you know, Rick Buecher hosts. And we got a great yep. lineup of people here on No Filter Network. But it seems like I don't know if you get stuck with me or you request me, but I'm hearing that you request to have me on on Tuesday nights. Absolutely. What? Bruno, you listen, I don't always agree with you. It's okay. We come from different parts of the world sometimes in the way we think, but that's okay. We've talked about this incessantly. It doesn't mean that we don't want to work together and we don't respect exactly. each other and like each other. It's okay. We're not supposed to opinions. agree, Chris. This isn't, this isn't politics. We're not supposed to agree. We're supposed to have two different opinions. 
And it just happens that a lot of times we do, but a lot of times we do agree. We don't have to disagree on everything. That's true. That's true. And it's just, listen, I would never, ever say you're wrong to your face, ever. But sometimes you're wrong. You can tell me when I'm wrong. You stop that. By the way, you want to hear a crazy show, Chris? You may have to pop in on a, because we do a Friday night show. Miss Robin and I, we let it go on Friday nights. It gets so crazy that that we have some of the the big bosses at No Filter. Like Eric Burns check in and do shots with us on Friday night. And, and that other guy, listen, that I Manuel would love to, guy, that uh, Giuseppe guy, he yeah, texted Giuseppe, the show. Yeah. I we love have, it. We they let it all hang out, Chris. I'll show up at one point. It's just uh, right now, Wednesdays and Fridays, that's my son's high school baseball league. We, they play on Wednesdays and Fridays. So I'm a, it's a, You I'm tell a your son, you just bring a phone and do like a do like a drop-in during the show. We're on from, yeah. we're doing it from six to, to sometimes nine. We, we don't have a time yeah. slot. Actually, we got cut off last week at 9.21 p.m. And what's interesting wow. to note here, as Vin Scully used to say on the Dodger broadcast, at 921, that was a historic moment because it was 921 p.m., which will be the last 921 on 521, which is the last 521 of the 21st century. There was a whole sequence of things that happened. Go back and look at it. At 921 on Friday no. night. Now I'm way May too 21st. confused. What? Now I'm confused. I was told there would be no math on this show. I hate math. I suck at math. But that was, I don't know if that was a coincidence. But probably not. All right. Robin's saying me. Say goodbye, Tony. Chris. All right. Love you, man. Everybody have a wonderful it. night. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight on Master Debaters here on the No Filter Network. Goodbye, everybody.